This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. And welcome to the show, back to the show. He's been here before. You see him on The Daily Show. I just saw a clip last night with you starring in it with a, like a black Alexa, you know, to help yeah, people with their racism. Man. And uh, somebody said the last voice sounded like me, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But y'all do some funny stuff on that show, and you're funny. Let me welcome to the show Mr. Roy Wood Jr. An honor and a pleasure thanking, thanking you for having me back. A happy quarantine to you and yours. A happy, happy quarantine. What is that, like Kwanzaa? Is that like a holiday? Yeah, that's the new Happy quarantine. Right. Happy quarantine, you which a lot of states are, are now doing again, dummies, after listening to y'all's president and not wearing masks and distancing. Now they got to go back in, like Texas. What I hate about what's happening with the states reclosing again is that they're trying to blame the protests for this, as if it wasn't a bunch of people at the beach for Memorial Day, which was before a lot of the protests started happening. But that's a conversation for another day. I don't want to get into what's real. Because it's funny Friday, right? No, it's foolishness Friday, but, you know, we are here for all all facts. (laughs) We're here for the facts. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Aroma Theory. And you can check that out at livebetter360.com. That's livebetter, the number 360.com. Hit the shop button. Check out all of the wonderful Aroma Theory scents, including Dreamy Lavender, Tropical Paradise, Gold Shimmer, and my favorite, Vanilla Vibes. It is whipped body butter shea butter and it is infused with cbd that comes straight from hemp farmers in kentucky who are black so support black owned hemp farmers get your aroma theory at livebetter360.com i just i just think that what's happening you know and like in that to that black alexa sketch that you that you saw that was at my mama's house in birmingham alabama and I'm back in New York now because as soon as I said, like before Cuomo called out that don't come back to New York if you've been to these states, I already knew Alabama was going to be on the list. I, I told my girl, I said, we got to pack the car. It's time to get on back to New York and quarantine so we can get back to a normal life in two weeks. Cause you when drove? Because here's the thing. When you're in a state that's not respecting the lockdown protocols, there's signs all around you. And, it, and it's not the protest. It's little things like the first day we got to Birmingham, which was about a month ago, in my mama's neighborhood, this is for real, in my mama's neighborhood, as I'm unloading the car, an ice cream truck bends the corner. I said, we're going to die. This man is attracting kids out the house to let them go take the corona back inside the grain. I said, like, this is, we're not going to be here long. With that racist-ass ice cream song. With that racist-ass ice cream song, which I can't hear anymore. I can't hear it anymore without saying N-words and watermelon. I mean, like, strange times. Yeah, yeah. I just love that where we are as a culture, where we getting everything up out of there. Of course, this all started about, you know, a need for police reform. And then it was our Confederate statues. And it was like, you know what? We don't like cop shows. You know what? Get Paw Patrol out of there. What song is that the ice cream man saying? You know what? I'm sick of every damn thing. I was like, yeah, I kind of like what, I like what we're doing as a culture right now. Well, boy, like where it. does it end? Where do we draw? Do we draw the line somewhere? Because I was talking with Lamont before you got here about bandwidth. Like, we are so distracted right now that the focus, which is police reform, I think education should be on the table. 
now we're concerned about all these other things. And I don't know if we have, we, we have the attention span of a gnat collectively. I think that we are, if we are not careful, we are going to allow, if we're not careful, we're going to allow white people and government authorities to camouflage progress in the form of erasing past mistakes. Like getting rid of a statue, that's cool. I, but in the greater scheme of things that, in my opinion, help push the conversation and find solutions, I don't want statues to ever supersede the conversation about defunding and reallocating funding that's going to the police, like you go to education or social workers or even the fire department. Hell, there's fire departments out here. I found this out in Birmingham. There's fire departments around here riding around with three firefighters on the truck because they ain't got the money to pay five firefighters. So the fire department can come to your house, and they basically got two options. They can either fight the fire or go inside and save you. But they can't do both. Mm. And one dude got to stay with the truck to make sure a crackhead don't steal the fire truck because apparently that's also a thing in Birmingham. That's a conversation for another day. We ain't going to get into all of that right now. We ain't going to get into crackhead stealing the fire truck. Where the hell are you going to sell a used fire truck? And where are you going? Like, it's really big and loud. Like, where? Oh, yeah, I saw it was on the block. Like, how do you even hide that? Where did, is there a chop shop big enough to dismantle? So I've been watching you because I follow you on the Twitters, and you had these skits with your with your son, and they're adorable. Is he Roy Wood the third? No, did you absolutely do that to not. Him? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to that boy. That was that was the first thing me and my girl talked about. I was like, "Yo, we're not naming him Roy. We can name him anything other than that." Um, growing up in my father's shadow in Birmingham, and you know, my father, you know, for the people who don't know, just you know, he was civil rights journalist and on the front line of, you know, from the riots in, um, in Soweto. He was over in Rhodesia. He was in Vietnam with, embedded with black platoons. This is before he even, this is before Dr. King, you know, like my father, his name rang out enough to where it was kind of an annoyance. And I know it's out of respect that people talk to me. They talk to my father through me and I just don't want my son with that burden. Also, you don't know, let's just be real, Karen. You don't know if you're going to have the crazy child. I don't want him messing up my name. What if he go crazy when he's 33, 34 and eats some people like Jeffrey Dahmer? I don't want my name associated with the crazy boy to eat. No. Right. So you will have your own name. You'll have the same last name. That way I can play it off if you're crazy. Oh, all right. Respect. You drove, did you drive to Birmingham and then drove back to New York? Yeah, yeah. 15 hours. 15 hours. I'm not getting on no airplane. I'm not getting on an airplane. And even when comedy clubs, even when I'm comfortable enough to get back to the comedy clubs again, Lamont know what I'm talking about. I'm taking it back to 03. I'm gassing up a car and I'm doing a road trip like I'm still young and hungry. I am like, I'm like, it was American Airlines just announced today. I think the article ain't even two hours old. And I said, yeah, we we packing in the middle seats now. Sorry about that. We need middle seats. All these airplanes flying to pandemic cities and picking up folks with that cough. Uh, no, I'm straight. Or, At least in a or with car. no symptoms. All I got to worry about is whoever cleaned the car. Did he have that cough? This podcast is brought to you by CarShield. With all the uncertainty in the world right now, everyone's top priority is safety. And protecting your vehicle is crucial, whether you're on the front lines as an essential worker out there protesting or even making trips to the store. We rely on our cars a lot. <laughs> 
And I actually want us to get out of debt. So hold on to your cars, pay off your car. But that also means you're going to need extended coverage. So go to CarShield. CarShield takes the worry away from car repairs. They have affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. And the people at CarShield understand payment flexibility. That's a must. Monthly payments can be customized to your needs with rates as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitments. CarShield gives you options you others won't. CarShield gives you options others won't. You can get to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield has helped more than a million customers, so you drive with confidence and peace of mind knowing you got covered by America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can keep your family safe and save thousands for a covered repair. Give them a call, 800-CAR-6000, mention code KAREN, or visit carshield.com, use code KAREN, K-A-R-E-N, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code KAREN. A deductible may apply. Speaking of, you know, touring, both of you are, are touring comedians, you're stand-up comedians um dave chappelle did uh stand up in his backyard basically i think that was his backyard um dl hughley collapsed on stage last week people were nervous about that um and then we find out because he was asymptomatic dehydrated collapsed because of that and then found out that he has COVID 19. correct uh what i can you ever go back to having these because the closed spaces seem to be the problem i think that until there's a vaccine there's going to have to be some altering of the way we entertain ourselves and i don't think it's just going to be comedy we're talking nightclubs we're talking movie theaters we're talking all of these types of like you'd be surprised how many different ways we're entertained that are based on a low ceiling and high temperature which is where corona thrives you know i'm not I'm in no rush to get back on stage, but I'm also blessed enough to be in a position where I have enough of the pots on the stove that I can tend to. Not every comedian is in that situation, and I know the ones that are going to have to go back on stage. I just hope that they're careful about it. There's this comic. I'm not going to – I'll tell you his name off the air, but uh, back in 03, I opened for a guy who's a superstar now, and he said – this is in Birmingham. You know how the comedy club in Birmingham is set up. Well, you can go through the back door and literally walk right onto the stage. Right. He sat in his limo the whole show until they said, give it up. And then somebody knocked on the limo. He got out, walked on stage, did his show, busted a U-turn, straight back to the limo. Never stopped, never touched nothing, never spoke to nobody. And everybody called him arrogant. But now I think that brother was just a visionary. I think he was yeah. new way. <laughs> That's the way to go. That's the new way, the to, get way, way to go on stage. Is yeah. to just sit in your car and then somebody in the club, they'll that's how I'm going to do comedy. I was thinking, like, you know, this virtual thing is catching on. Why not have the virtual thing in the club? That completely removes your risk. Like, the comedian, I could be in the green room. You set the green room up like a stage, shoot the camera on me, <laughs> and have a big, big screen on the so, stage, and y'all watching me from the next room. What's, I mean, no, that could work. You, no, see, I don't like that because, see, now you're trying to do comedy the way they do church. You're basically setting up an overflow room where people can still <laughs> yeah. see the pastor. Yes, yeah. But they over there in the fellowship hall somewhere. It ain't the same. The sermon don't right. have to be the same when you're sitting in the kitchen in a folding yeah. chair. You want that good pew with the good cloth with the cushion. Right. It can work. 
So you, you're on a daily show. Um, and, and you do sketches and you do your comedy. And as you said, you can make a living and that's a great thing. Um, the, the pivot that you're talking about that Lamont's talking about, we see it with club quarantine. As you mentioned, we're seeing now the verses that's taken off. Why, why can't comedy be in that same vein? I mean, Dave Chappelle did it outdoors. They're doing drive through concerts. Now people are driving into their, you know, big fields in their car and their could that work? It could, but I just don't know. My concern with comedy is this. Comedy is the one genre of entertainment that everyone thinks they can do. So you're not as pressed to go get a laugh. Right. You want good singing, you want good dancing, you want good acting, you have to go and seek that. If you want a joke, you can pick up your phone, swipe, 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 or you can make a funny joke. Everybody's accidentally been a comedian, whether they meant to be or not. So right. I think when you go, the other thing is that we're talking about Chappelle. If we're talking about just some regular Joe Blow comedians putting together a drive-through show, it could work, but now you're also outdoors. Stylistically, there's certain types of comedy that just doesn't work outside. Like comedy has right. always thrived in dark um intimate settings and outside immediately takes that away. And I would say that there's probably only 30 comedians out there that could legitimately grow their style or have a style that carries over to outdoors. And then when you look at the younger, like the farm system of comedians, okay, where do they perform? Where do they get better? Where do you learn? Because Mm -hmm. if you're going to do something that's profitable, you got to be hitting people at a price point that justifies them not seeing amateur comedy or somebody just trying out some new things they were thinking about. I paid $40 to sit in the field to be entertained while catching mosquito bites. I need you to have something that's polished. And with the elimination of comedy clubs, that's the elimination of the gym for younger and newer acts, and myself included. Because honestly, comedy, to me, good comedy should reflect the feelings and emotions of the times. And I think that's part of why 846 was so, I think that why, I think that's why 846 resonated with so many people was because Chappelle was angry. The country's angry. So therefore the last was spaced out a little bit more. I, I, I feel like right now, Lamont, you tell me whether or not I'm crazy to think this. Any joke that you wrote before Kobe Bryant died is probably not going to work now. No, no, absolutely. Minimum, it needs retooling. So where yeah. do where do you work that out? Like where do you yeah. like? I just I, I and I even, I, just, said, I even said this. I said this last week about eight forty six because funny you mentioned working out. I think eight forty six was a workout, but he's just, he's just that good that his working out is a Netflix special. But nobody else can can nobody else is in that lane. Nobody else can yeah. work out and have an audience. Comedy is comedy is the only genre of entertainment that's created live in front of the consumer. So yeah. some of it's going to be a little wonky sometimes. I don't know if people will be okay with that because Chappelle has set the bar to be you better be this poignant and this opinionated and this beautiful or else. If there's one group that I think that could that I know for sure will be fine, I would say it's the eighty five South Show. Those mm. three brothers. Uh, Chico Bean, Carlos Miller, and uh, DC Youngfly, they curated a show that's so energetic and it's interactive with the audience that low-key, the show is half improv anyway. I would bet money on them not missing a dime Yeah, right. This until right. there's a vaccine. What about all those Insta-funny people who could never really tour? When they tried to tour, they would flop, but they're Insta-funny, and that 
60 second frame on Instagram, they hit, they hit it out the park. Then if that's where their strength is, that's where they should stay. I mean, some of them make the jump from being mm-hmm. Insta funny to being live performance funny, but I think there's a different skill set. There's a different discipline that you have to work on. Um, I would say Jess Hilarious put in the work. King Batch put in the work. Um, who is Ryan Davis put in the work. Um, you can make an argument for Tony Baker, though I feel like Tony Baker did it in reverse. Tony Baker was already an yeah. established comic and then figured out yeah. the internet side of the game. You know, I don't know what they do. I think the biggest issue that the Instacomics are going to have is that all the stage comics are at home bored and got a camera and some Wi-Fi, so now you've got more competition. But, you know, that to me, to me, that's a different style of comedy. I think it's just as hard because if it was easy, then all the old heads would be doing it and they aren't, you know, it still takes a lot of, it still takes a lot of creativity. It just boils down to whether you want something quick or you want a nice five course meal. They both get you. You made a, you made a real point. You made a real point about material because you're right before pre, pre Kobe, um, people will come to the club to hear your material for you to take them away out of the stresses of life. I don't want to hear about headlines in today's news. Now, it's like, if I'm sitting down, come, you better make me laugh about what's happening right now. Like, I need that we're, we're forgetting. We're forgetting that we're at 100,000 dead and counting. Folks are in pain. People are unemployed. I think, we're, I think the last count was unemployment was like 13, 13, 14%. And still rising with all of these closures that are about to happen again. So all these people who just got their job back about to get sent back home. So I just think the country is going to be in a different mood. And that's not to say that your joke about women be tripping and gas so yeah. expensive. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying it ain't going to work. I'm just saying put that thing in the back pocket till 2022 probably. Yeah. It's going to be a while. What? Now, what, now, the Daily Show, y'all push the envelope on, on a lot. Is there anything like is there no fly zones on the, on the Daily Show? That y'all just can't no, touch. No, I think the one thing, the one thing Trevor won't allow. Well, I can't speak for all the correspondents. I speak for me. The one thing that Trevor won't allow me to do, or that we always have to have a serious conversation about, is letting anger fuel the writing. It's okay to be angry about something. It's okay to do a story about something that people are angry about. But if I sit down while I'm still angry and start trying to shape out the piece it's not going to have the nuance to it that it needs. And I think that's mm. usually where sometimes we might let a story breathe for a day also because it lets other places attack it and lets other people have dialogue on it. So we can see who's already said what, so we can find the most unique point of attack to a particular mm. topic or issue. And so that way we don't have to dive into something right away. I, so I did a story on a woman um, in Birmingham that just aired last night, Dr. Wanaki Adams. She's the first black woman optometrist in the state of Alabama. Her place was torn up by looters uh, during some of the George Floyd protests uh, that we had in Birmingham. And so the initial conversation is, of course, looting. Should you be looting? Should you be paying up stuff? Were you mad about the government? Okay, fine. That's part of the conversation. But then we had this small business owner who was looted and said on camera that she understood the emotion that drove it and she's going to be all right because she knows God is going to bless her. To me, that's, that's more interesting because that's a deeper level of discussion to looting is to talk to the business owners and talk to the ones that are the ones that suffered the most, who had the most to lose during the protest, lost the most, and she still ain't mad about it. And sure enough, she's been blessed since then. So mm. 
that's where I feel like the biggest thing with the Daily Show is to not just let emotion allow you to rush to discuss something just because you feel something. Everybody feels it, but let's make sure we're saying something that's effective and can change something or work as more of a salve for people that are upset. When you, um, and we got to wrap, but your, your dad, you know, and, and that was a poignant, beautiful tribute to him. Did, did his largesse steer you into comedy to not have to live in that shadow? Um, no, well, I feel like what I do, well, what I've been doing for, like, if you watch my comedy in the early years, like 98, 99, I was just a college kid talking about student loans and book buyback. And the older you get as a black person, the more your third eye starts kind of creeping open on you. And the more I realized, damn, I'm just doing the same thing he does. I just tell it with jokes. He would just do a speaking engagement at a church. I'm sure he got paid a lot more than me. I doubt that. I I doubt that, sir. I doubt that. Listen, um, I I love you. You have an open seat at our table. I want I, I want everyone to follow him on Twitter, Roy Wood Jr. for Junior. Uh, what's this ex Jedi? Uh, ex? You're well, never you an ex Jedi. I used to be smart. I don't know. I don't want to claim being intelligent, but you know, I used to know something. So I'm just passing out a little bit of knowledge I used to know. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, you are a pleasure and a treasure. Roy Wood Jr., thank you for being here today. Thank you all. Appreciate you.